Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. Hello, it's Alicia here. Welcome to the show. If you are newly engaged, congratulations. If you are oldly engaged, also still congratulations. Look, just happy for everyone. Happy that you are joining me on the show. If you are, as I said, new to the show, it's all about wedding planning and external extra things. You probably want to just get into the wedding planning. I'd say relax. Just just enjoy it. Bask in the pre-post-engage glow. You don't have to plan everything today. Weddings aren't just about... I don't know, chair covers and bullshit. There's lots of extra things that we have to learn about, relationships, planning, having a good time. And today I'm very happy to be joined by my lovely friend. You would have heard of him if you've listened to the show. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you all about him. Dan Burt is one of my dear, 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 dear friends. Is that as... I could have done with a few more, to be honest, but fine. I'll settle for 15. Dan was my best man. He is a stand-up comedian. He is a top bloke, a writer. He's done everything, done everyone. Uh, <laughs> am I allowed to say that? Yes, because I can. We are talking all about best men, about the bridal party, about maintaining uh, good friendships and relationships and really acting with an authentic voice, not just necessarily in a speech, but also planning events around your wedding, making sure you're doing the right thing in the sense of really uh, highlighting what's good for the people involved, not necessarily what wedding magazines and blogs and movies tell you to do, aka strippers and shitty bucks nights. We are back in Australia on holidays and Dan has stayed with us and Dan has just... Look, we're going to tell the story. I can't not tell this story. Okay. And it's not wedding related at all. Mm. But we are uh, staying with family and friends. Dan has flown in to see us and yesterday we went on a bushwalk. First day of my holidays. Yeah. Uh, I've been working very hard for a very long time. <laughs> and I uh, thought, okay, well, I'll treat myself. I'll see my friends in Tasmania. Anyway, yep. yeah, went for a glorious bushwalk. And people often ask in England and America, what's the bush? What's the bush? Yeah. What is the bush? The bush, I guess, <laughs> if, if, you, uh, if you think that you've seen something that could kill you, you're probably in, in the bush. bush. Yep. Uh, um, but we had a guide. My dad. Yeah. Yeah. Who was... Uh, now, I don't know how old your father is. I think he's 68. I say that, I think, around that age. This guy, <laughs> it, he had like a rocket in his pants. <laughs> like, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not Usain Bolt, but I'm not Jabba the Hutt. That's I'm true. somewhere you're in between. In middle, you're a middle ground of those two. And he shot off i i don't know how anyone could keep up with him he was frankly awe-inspiring but he was also i said i had to have a little father-daughter bitch and say listen slow down we're all here it's 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 a day of you know community Mm. you don't need to run ahead there's not a race but it but if that's the way he appreciates the bush Then far be it from me to say, hey, can you hold back yeah. and and tolerate my wheezing, slow pace? But we were all wheezing. Mm. You and Rich and I were all wheezing, and I was happy that we were all in that sort of state. However, mm. we have a lovely day. We swim in a water water hole. Watering Is hole. it a watering hole? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. It sounds like something out of a, a Baz Luhrmann Well, I movie. would say water hole. It, it, 
it, it is a watering hole, but yeah. it really should be water hole. We swam in a water hole, which was like something out of a, a movie. Oh, my glory. You couldn't have made that shit up. It was just so beautiful. And then we had the swim, we basked, and then we started on our journey Well, back. we didn't have the swim yet. I mean, I mm. I thought I would just uh, gently guide my way into the water. <laughs> because I'm, I have a reputation, and it's a completely justified reputation of being, I don't know, clumsy or mm. just a bit of a airhead. Like, I don't... I try and fight it, but it seems at this point futile. I bet it's lovable. There's something. Well, it's lovable to a point. Yeah. So I'm getting changed behind a rock, putting my swimming costume on, and I hear this sort of splash and oh, mm. and that's Dan sliding on some algae. Yeah, very slippery. Had the uh, texture of um, yeah, like a dead person's translucent flesh. It was really weird. Mm. Which so that that happened, and you had. Had a, had that fall and damaged your toe. Yeah, so I hit my head. Yeah, and uh, but it was fun. I think if you fall on your bum, what's not, well, it's 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 people. If you fall forward, people are going to fret. Yeah, but if you fall on your bum, it's people, sort of, it's comical. Bit bit fun. So that happened. We were like, oh no, Dan's had the fall, mm. but, but you seemed okay. Yeah, I was, yeah, it was pretty okay. Mm. I mean, I noticed on my toe. Uh, my nail had... Uh, it was grim. It was gone. Yeah. So we put a little band-aid or a plaster, whatever you want to call it, on mm. it. And then we carried on our way up until the point you fell and... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I fell on a rock. Uh, I My ankle rolled and I heard a crack yeah, or was, a snap a or noise. a pop. Yeah. It was breakfast related. And uh, it, it was... I just knew... I've never broken anything before. Mm. And... I just sensed something was wrong. But you kind of hope. You like hobble around and go, no, nah, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. No worries. And I was so optimistic. I'm like, just, you can bend it. You can stretch it. I was trying to be, as anyone that would know listening to me on the podcast, I try and find the good in most things. Yeah. And I was trying to be like this hero because I knew we had about a two hour walk to get out of where we were. Mm. This is not like we went on a main road. We were in the bush. There is no mobile phone reception. Yep. There are no tourists. Nothing. That we are deep, deep in <laughs> isolation territory. <laughs> and that's what's a part of uh, that's a part of what makes it all beautiful. Yeah. It's because it's completely untouched. You can't do as, that in, uh, in, in, in any other sort of place. It's very Australian. Yeah. So now I've written a letter, they're putting in a rail. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, so I had, uh, and I don't, you don't want to be the drag that drags everyone down. That was, the thing is, we later find out Dan had broken his ankle, mm. but the thing he wanted to say was, and this is why I love you, is that you were like, oh, I don't want to be a drag on the day. I don't want to keep it all going. Oh, I'm sorry for being such a pain. And we're just like, well, look, shush, big shush first. Mm. And, uh, let's just get out of here. So we, you were very brave. We created a Gandalf style walking stick for you. Oh, yeah. You, well, you, you made the first crack at the walking stick. Yeah, it wasn't good. And then Rich found a better one. Did you think... You, was that your first ever walking stick? Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, I was really happy with it. Thanks. But, um, but yeah, it was superseded by better technology. Yeah, Rich went out and found a better one. And then my dad, after a while, came up with this sort of really good system where he found a huge branch and then he put it underneath his arm and Rich's arm and then you were sort of carried along i can't describe well, well it. this is weird because you can see uh people having little meetings 
Yeah, we would go away, like an episode of Survivor, we would go away quietly and mm. have discussions as to not panic Dan. But at one stage, and I wanted to say, if you're listening to this podcast, I do talk about weddings. We yeah, sorry, weddings. I didn't mean to hijack it. Can I just also say, Dan was my best man. I haven't mm. actually said that. I'm a media audio professional. We do have a theme, and there is a reason why we're talking about this. Yeah. Uh, friendship, that's what it's all about. Mm. So Dad and Rich and I would go away and have these little huddles, which we were trying to make discreet, but clearly not discreet enough. And my dad was like, we might have to call, we might, one of us might have to run out of here and call the helicopter to right. pick you up. And now I was like, fucking hell, that's pretty dramatic. Well, that was, because when I heard helicopter, <laughs> obviously you think, that sounds fun. But, I ain't never been in a helicopter. Let's have a good time. No. So, uh, but if you, that would have been a two hour walk and a drive, and then I would have sat there. I didn't have any reading material. You would have been so bored. <laughs> hey, look, we're going to tell more about this. Story. Okay. Sorry. We yeah. have to get on to talking about weddings because this is why people are here mm-hmm. as well as hearing about your broken limbs. No. Yeah. They, yeah. I should save this for the bushwalking podcast. <laughs> Uh, so Dan and I have known each other. We met on the first day of a TV gig where we were both uh, writers on a TV show here in Australia and we became instant friends. Mm. Really worked well for us. Yeah, it was great. It was a, it was the uh, the best thing to come out of that experience. I totally agree. Mm. And we were like, we would sometimes refer to ourselves as the children of the corn because we were like a little pair that would always go together everywhere. And I think most people thought we were having an affair, which I actually sort of liked. Oh, you liked the, the well, idea that you would be the object of gossip? Yeah. Yeah, right. Because we both have lovely partners who also get along very well, and mm. we would all hang out together. So mm. it was sort of like our secret that we weren't having an affair. Yeah, that's right. It they, was our dirty secret yeah. that it was platonic. <laughs> but they couldn't understand, because some people just don't understand platonic friendships. No, we were double playing them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, well. So, and then it came to the time when uh, we were getting hitched, and I said, Dan, you've got to be my best man. And you did... The best speech of the day. Oh, it was an absolute uh, honour to be asked and to um, to play that role. But but yeah, it's interesting using the phrase "play that role." It's mm. because, as far as I can tell, uh, it is a role. It is a job. But you're, I'm there at the behest of you, not at the behest of a bride or a groom. It's mm. it's for you. Like it's a very unique. Uh, even though it's a role that's been done by many people in many different situations, when I'm best man, it's I'm not trying to fit in the, to the cookie cutter mold of other best men. I'm trying to be the best man for this situation. Mm. Um, which, and you were. Hey, sharks. You really were. Stop it. And I love, you know, when I talk about this on the podcast, so many people write to me and go, oh, I didn't know whether I should have. I've got a really good guy friend. I didn't know if that was breaking the rules or I didn't know if that was risque. And I always come back and say, well, it depends. You know, I don't think there should be any boundaries on gender, sex, whatever. Mm. And you're my man. So that yeah. was the rule. That was the not the rule. That was the choice. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a profound... Um, responsibility, not the actual responsibilities, but the, it is a huge, um, gesture and it's, it's, it's one of the greatest honors you can ever have, really. Well, I, I'm chuffed that you say that. It's um, delightful. So, yeah, and I, uh, 
you know, for your second marriage, I'll make it better next time. <laughs> yeah, have you practiced? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a good dress rehearsal, and now I'm ready to make it really Are you good. just making little notes every time we're together? Oh, that's good for the second Yeah, time. exactly. We'll shove that in the speech. I mean, the I now I feel like, not that I'm already deciding in your wedding, whenever that may be, to whomever that may be, we don't know that... I will bully my way into making a speech, but now we have the broken ankle story the, to add to one million other stories we have together as friends. Well, yeah, I, I mean that's completely up to you. Like, I don't know what you choose or what's relevant. I mean, what do you, do you have a feeling about what's relevant to bring up in our situation or in, in general? Yeah, are there any rules? Are there any do nots? I feel like with um, best men, right, the big thing I think is that people instantly think it has to be hilarious. Mm. They think it has to be something. And this is not just best men. This is also grooms. I've been to weddings where the groom comes up, and I've said this before on the show, that I went to one where it sounded like a LinkedIn presentation. Oh, dear. And it was like, here's my CV. This is why I'm good for this woman. And you're like, listen, we all know you like each other. Mm. I don't care if you got an A-plus on your grade 12 English exam who gives a shit yeah um and it's the idea that that's they think that's making us convince us that this is the right thing for them to do and you're like we're at your wedding we pretty much you know we support you mm. it's cool so but there's the funny thing I think people assume that you have to be funny and there are now heaps of companies and I've been contacted by some of them saying we'll write jokes for you for your oh, best man and really? groom speeches which I was like, well, we could make a bit of extra money, you and I. Yeah, we could start another. God, hello. I know it's but- a business model. Well, well, look. In terms of, there is an expectation that it is funny, funny. Like, and people, that's why they've they've convinced themselves that that's the job. But it, and I know authentic is overused, but it just has to. Everything has to be grounded in mm. your experience and your relationship with the couple, and if it's if it doesn't, if it's not about the couple, it doesn't belong there. Um, it's not about you. And uh, you're really, in many respects, a, you're, I think you're supposed to give words to everybody else who doesn't have the honour of having the microphone. Mm. Like, you're supposed to bring to life everyone's affection for the couple. So do you think, like, when I, I get a few questions saying, oh, I don't know if I trust, this is from brides, saying, I don't know if I trust the brides, the groomsmen, the best man, to not mention my husband's STDs. Or that was probably, too, but you know what I mean? You know, we've all done stuff in mm, the past. Mm. And it's not, I don't think it's a time where people come up and bring and go, hey, you remember when Johnny boned that guy out the back of in grade, you know, yeah. when he was 17? And you go, this is not appropriate. Well, it's, it's. I think people get confused between a 21st speech and a... They do. Uh, like 21st speech, yes. Yeah. You, you, the idea is you're drawing a line under childhood and adolescence and screwing around and being an idiot. Yeah. And so that's relevant. I don't see how doing a roll call of people's indiscretions is any way relevant to this celebration of love. And it's completely inappropriate. You think about the audience that is there and mm. you got to play to... But the, So what I think they're doing is this is their... Because they think, okay, number one, be funny. Mm. And so they think funny stories and, and it's... The top level funny story, it doesn't take much thought to just think of horrible, embarrassing things that have happened. Sure. And, but I think the key is to dig down. Like, 
try and set yourself the task of being funny without relying on that. And do you think also with what is funny, like we could tell 50 stories about our friendship right now. The yeah. people go, oh, I don't get the joke. It's not yeah. that funny. I wasn't there. Yes. And there's some lots of like in-jokes to me is a great for certain occasions, but not when you're talking to 100 people that don't know the That are complete strangers yeah. to the story. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, I mean, look, I, I'm no expert because I, I panic towards a deadline. Can we just talk a little bit about, so our history, just so we know, we are, I'm going to say we're sort of qualified to talk about this in the sense that we, Dan and I met writing for a TV show. We write for other people for a living. That's that's sort of what happens. Mm. So you sort of get a tone, you get an idea, but it's quite different when you're writing for yourself. And we've both performed. We did our first duo stand-up show together. Yeah. So I think from our perspective, we're used to uh, having a goal and setting uh, especially with writing and performing, setting a goal and making it happen. But it's very different when you're adding emotions and it's not about... You're not writing gags for some comedian on TV. You're talking about your best friend. Mm. Different situation. It is... I Look, I'm not sure that other people would have this difficulty, but I find writing for myself infinitely more difficult Me than too. for other people. So uh, in that situation, some a trick really is to imagine that you're writing it for... For someone else, mm. and that someone else is just happens to be you, <laughs> uh, because then it the the pressure kind of removes itself. Mm. Uh, it's like a creative writing exercise, rather than you know a you know an insular, overly emotional, you know personal torture of putting your feelings on the page. If you pretend that it's for somebody else, you, maybe you'll reach the same point, but with less agony. And also, I th- I think the idea that you uh, should practice. Some people just write things on a coaster and then riff, and that's not for everyone. No, I think a lot of people maybe see expert public speakers, mm. and the key to public speaking is really making it look easy. Yeah. So when someone's observed someone who's made it look easy, the takeaway sometimes is to think, well. That was easy and it was off the cuff. Yeah. And they've completely uh, underestimated the work that goes into making something look effortless. Yes. So uh, I think you owe it to everybody to put as much work as is reasonable because you're there. A part of the reason why you're there is for, for other people's enjoyment, a small part. Like mm. it, that's that's not your chief component, no. but it should not, you shouldn't bore the pants off everybody. Um, and if you make it look easy, but it was a lot of work, that's that's the way it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a party for you. You're you're supposed to be the party for five minutes or whatever for other people. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was listening to Michael Richards talk about um, who played Kramer on Seinfeld, mm. who was saying how he didn't have fun. You know, because he took it so seriously. He took it so seriously, practiced. and it was hard. And yeah, and he practiced, and he injured himself, and it was. And it was like, God, I wish I just loosened up and enjoyed it. And it's like, well, that's not his job. No, um, his job is so everyone else is loose and enjoying it. And unfortunately, it takes for me, other people, it's more natural. Mm. But for me, it takes a lot of work to choose the right words and be succinct, evoke. The, the laughter and the humanity that you intended to, that is not an easy task. And it's not an easy task for me. No, me neither. B- but I hope that 
when it's presented, it looks like I wrote it in the car park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the skill. And I think with, as a stand-up comedian as well, people just assume that, well, I mean, as you said, the, the beautiful thing is to make everything look like it's off the cuff. And some of the best comedians or the most, uh, when I say best, wrong thing to say, most successful comedians are the ones that make it look like they're riffing yeah. and having a lovely time when if you went to see the show the next night you would see exactly word for word and not even just about words it's about how you hold you know you hold yourself movements mm. when you're walking around the stage that's skill and when you said you just mentioned then about you know five minutes i think less is more with yeah. speeches and some people think you've got to do 25 minutes and you need to put yourself back in exactly like you were saying the seats of the audience and guests going fuck shut up Shut yeah, up. yeah. I don't care. Mm. Just hit tight and bright. Oh, it's 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 such an obvious lesson. And also, if instead of saying if you have three stories, think about maybe just what the best one is. Yeah. Not everybody needs to hear them all, and um, you can tell them later at the tell bar. them later at exactly. Yeah. Mm. No one needs to get involved that much. Uh, but for a guy like. I think a lot of people hear best man and they don't necessarily think about the ceremony. That's my view mm. sometimes. Cause I've, I've been a best man, um, one other time and it was the agony of, um, well, agony might be a bit strong, but the responsibility <laughs> of the bucks night. So, okay, let's talk about that because this is a really big part of the best man world. And also it goes again to this, I I talk so much about expectations and what people think they need to be doing. And I think a lot of best man thinks, think we need strippers, we need this to be some sort of epic hangover style, like the movie I'm talking about. You know, it it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And I think a lot of grooms don't necessarily want it to be that way. No. So in in the same way that people go, I need, it needs to be funny. So we just go to the easy, um, embarrassing stories and mm. it needs and I'm a best man and it needs to be debaucherous. It's like, well, it doesn't need to be any of that. You've, mm. you've, you're just leaning on cliches. Mm. Um, and you know, I organized a wine tour for my friend Amaze. and we stayed in a, um, you know, in a not overly touristy area, but that I'd visited before. And I thought my friend, I think will really get a kick out of, this area and going on a wine tour and staying in a nice house and um and obviously a wine tour is sounds really posh and ridiculous to a lot of people like it's not you know everyone woke up with their eyebrows and 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 you know it can we ended up he he was really into energy and coal and and solar and just how energy is made so we ended up looking at a coal fire power station watching the sunrise over and obviously this is a terrible this is not a one-size-fits-all Bucks party. You probably not put... If you're going to some sort of Bucks party organisation, they're going, now, remember, you can go on the wine tour and then watch the sunrise. <laughs> talking about eco-power. Yeah, yeah, with smog in the air. So this is... But but I knew that this is what he wanted. And it's... Like, I also used to MC party buses. Oh, my God. Can I just... Can we come back to this in two seconds? Because yeah. the party bus is fucking gold. Mm-hmm. But I have to say... Just for people catching up. I don't think anyone's coming into a podcast halfway through, but if they are, I'm talking to Daniel Burt, mm-hmm. my best friend. He was also my best man. We're talking about best men, women. Doesn't doesn't have to be gender specific. Also, the bridal party, groomsmen, all that stuff. This is the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. More after this short moment. It's all about brides, grooms, groomsmen, 
bridal party, all the rest. Whatever you want to call them. I call them maid chillers, the ladies. <laughs> I don't know if I've got anything for the boys yet, but we'll figure it out. Mm. I'm sure you can come up with something and I'll take it. Um, Dan has done so many things in his career. I feel like I, this feels like I just talked about a LinkedIn thing. I feel like I could really talk up your career right now. Hey, do well, I'm going to talk it down. So <laughs> whatever you. You're right for Letterman. I mean, you, you can't, like, that's. Fuck. But you've done so many things since then. We've performed a lot together. We've had lots of adventures. And yesterday he broke his ankle on my watch. So I don't know if that's good or bad. But in the past, you worked on... Sorry about breaking your watch, by the way. <laughs> God, what that was a dad, dad joke. Dad joke, ass. I was contemplated whether I should. Oh, screw it. I feel pain. I probably won't have kids. So at least I can have the jokes. Yeah. Well, you know, party bus. Now, you've written lots of stand-up about this, and I've enjoyed many an evening talking about this this world. And I feel like it's relevant to this conversation. What is a party bus? Oh, okay, so a party bus is a, a bus that um, picks people up from a house. They, they might It might be the hen's night mm. or a buck's night, and they've booked this bus, and you get on the bus... And it's, um, you know, it's frivolity and debauchery. It starts on the bus and then you you drive to different nightclubs. You go into the nightclub, you come out, you drink on the way to the next nightclub, you drink on the way to the next nightclub <laughs> and the next nightclub until, you know, everyone's brain cells are fried. Uh, and, and I was their MC, so I was just crowd control. So you would tell, would you tell jokes and stuff or would you just more organize them on and off the bus? Or both? Uh, both, yeah. So I had a uh, microphone and they would usually, the, the friend of the um, bride or whatever would have filled out a roast. Right, so you get have information about the bride. Yeah. Like Cheryl loves whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I was going to go blue with No, that, I know, I know. Uh, but Cheryl definitely does love that. <laughs> um, and so, so there was, uh, and, and yeah, so... Again, you know, there were games as well. Like I would, they would give me markers and I would send, I was contractually obliged to do this, by the way. I would send the women into the nightclubs with markers and the rule was, and I swear I'm not, I'm not making this up and nor was it my idea, uh, <laughs> that if they got, had a signature on a leg, um, you know, that was like one point on a limb, if it was on the, the, the breasts. So they were asking blokes. They were asking blokes to sign their bodies. Jesus. And then at the end of the night, and there, so there were different grades for where the signature might be. Right. And then at the end of the night, I would give out uh, prizes. And you had to inspect these signatures? I had to count them. I had to inspect them. And, oh you know, God. a lot of other sleazy MCs are like, you know, it's, you get more points if I'm money sign it. You Ew. know, yeah, like it's really, but this is. Uh, everyone's having fun. No, not everybody, but there's no, no one's getting hurt. Mm. If this is what you want, great. Like Mm. when else are you going to be able to get to do that? But just because you're getting married doesn't mean you have to have an event that fits inside a box. And this party bus, I saw people who loved it. And then I saw people who were like, "Uh, this is, uh, you know, every, everyone's always having a good time, but you can see people on until the bus. Until they cry. Yeah, until they cry. But you can see people on the bus thinking, this is um, kind of manufactured debauchery. Mm. And you're kind of outsourcing it all to this stranger who's me. Now, arguably, I'm not – I don't know these women, and I kind of feel bad – 
even though I do my very best, and this is many years ago, it is also an honour, but also maybe I'm not the right guy to be with these girls. Like, should they should maybe be creating their own memories mm. rather than me force-feeding the memories. And do you think that was why people just so saying, look, this is easy to go along, book the bus, we're going to get really trashed, yeah, piss in a bucket. But yeah, they did that, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they... they you just if you, you twenty like that twenty again? budding party bus MCs, make sure they go to the bathroom before they get on the bus. <laughs> and if they if they don't want to, just say the bus isn't leaving until you do, <laughs> because they they yeah there was a girl who could not hold it in, and um, and then the bus it, she she went in a bucket at the back of the bus, and um, the bus turned a corner, and it was like uh, you know it was people screaming it was like little kids running away from a tide <laughs> so, so we went round and round about anyway oh my god uh so yeah i don't, i wouldn't personally choose that for anyone i know but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not perfect for other people and also obviously someone else is organizing it and people have busy lives and you've got you've got guaranteed memories good or bad with and you, with urine yeah perhaps. exactly with urine <laughs> And, and, and unlike, you know, booking a wine tour of a place where they don't do wine tours, so I've got to hire a bus guy and mm. organize the itinerary and have a drop off point and pick up point, you know, that's work. And if you don't want to do that work, then of course, just do paintball or go-karting and that's great. It'll be fun. You're with everybody. Yeah. But sometimes, you don't want the lowest common denominator of an experience to set the tone for everyone. Mm. Like sometimes guys don't get to see each a lot of each other and they want to catch up even uh, just over a beer. But you can't if you're busy, you putting know, dollars in, putting dude. dollars in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, I, th I think so many people, I, and I'm just talking about our friends and people we know, I don't think many of the guys that we hang around with would genuinely want to go to a strip club. It's very expensive. To <laughs> but it's not, you know, like I, I remember Rich saying he wasn't really into a, a Bucks night anyway, but he was like, I just want to go to dinner with my friends. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, don't make the groom do anything he doesn't want to do. And vice versa for any of them. I mean, I, yeah, God, mm. I think I've told a story about a stripper, a friend of a friend who'd hired a stripper and it turned out to be not the same guy. It was a stand-in oh. stripper. Oh, like when you get in a cab and yeah, it's the right. it's the other person. And they're like, look, I turned up. But that's not someone you just want to come in and make shit up. Yeah, it's the stripper's uncle. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've got a jock strap. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to vomit in my hat. But it's the idea that go, this is not, what is it? It's like a really old school idea of what they think people want. And with sexuality as well, it's like, yeah. forget it. Yeah. But that, not to say that it doesn't suit some people. Of course. Thank you. Mm. Good. Uh, but yeah, that's not, and, and it's also all very sanitized. Like you actually, you think that it's Vegas or that mm. there are no rules mm. or that the, there's, you know, you're in this little bubble where nothing has repercussions or anything like that. Um, this bubble is actually very uh, cultivated and very, you know, like if you get a stripper to come over, 
it's deeply unsexy. And they have, they usually have, and I'm not saying I've seen a lot of strippers, but they usually have a bloke with them. It's a, a bloke. I don't know what his technical term is. The guy. Yeah, the guy. He sometimes in, in the olden days, he'd have a boombox or some sort of speaker system. Mm. He'd set it up and then he'd go, everyone stand back because they didn't want guys touching tits or anything. No touching, blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah, so there's, there's this threatening stranger in the corner of the mm. room and it's not as sexy as you think. No. Mm. So maybe rethink... I like the, the spirit of this conversation because that idea of going, who are you actually organising the party for? Think about what they want. You don't have to do exactly what is on TV because that's not reality. Mm. But but it does create work. And, and so thinking of something, to go back to speeches, thinking of something that's funny, that's not embarrassing, mm. is mentally more draining than just relying on something embarrassing. Well, give yourself some time. Don't do yes. it the morning of. Yeah, like, plan this shit ahead of time. Mm. Also, thinking about a weekend away with your friend's guide. Like, Airbnb's amazing. Hire a cabin somewhere. Mm. Go away. Enjoy your time. 100%. Uh, and, and a lot of guys don't, you know, aren't very uh, as emotionally available or mm. they, they withhold mm. or um, or you, you the audience has to read the subtext of the affection. Don't let there be any subtext like this is your opportunity to explain in a heartfelt way how you feel and no one will begrudge you that no one's going to think you're an idiot this is the day to do it yeah this is it this is your chance and not just for best men this is grooms as well i think sometimes the groom speeches can be all like i just want to thank uh, the bridesmaids you all look beautiful it's all this stuff to go don't waste that moment to be to declare yeah Mm. like it's it's actually quite boring and the idea that you have the the stand you have the you have the floor and i think a lot of people aren't in the position like we are where we do a lot more public speaking and performing and you sort of get and writing stand up and stories we get to say a lot of the things that we feel yeah and stuff about family and friends but i think we don't say it often enough to the people in our lives and no. that's a really nice platform to say it yes and you don't have to be a wordsmith or anything you just have to be honest yeah yeah, an authentic voice. Mm. And a lot of, let's face it, like a lot of humour, a lot of what people find funny is not jokes. Mm. Jokes are not funny. What they enjoy is someone's personality. When that comes through, that's more engaging than reading a, a speech that's not really in your voice. And to try and put gags in, like one-liners and punch, like gags are really hard. I still don't. I'm not good at delivering gags. Mm. It's not my sense of humor. It's not who I am on stage. It's mm. not who I am in person. Yep. And there are some people that you know, you can feel the punchline coming. You know, that awful feeling like, all right, just do it. You're milking it. Well, look, I had a, I went to a 21st once and the, the father gave a speech and he had a PowerPoint presentation <gasps> and you could actually see his punchlines. <laughs> behind him before he got to them. And then he was wondering why everything was flat. (laughs) We've already read it, mate. (laughs) I did an episode recently about, um, I had a a listener question all about giving the bride a voice because the fact that traditionally the bride are silent, these silent women who just sit there and everyone speaks about her. And I'm like campaigning to say, if the groom gets up, then you should get up as well. Even if it's for two minutes, you don't have to... You know, it's not a huge diatribe. It's the idea to say, thanks for coming, or I feel this about this person, or whatever. 
it's really weird to me. That we yeah, do right. That. So even what if someone doesn't want to? Fine, mm. but I think this idea that the listener, and I'm sorry, I've forgotten her name off my uh, off the top of my head, but she was sort of saying, I'm really struggling because I feel like I should say something, but it's not traditionally accepted, and also. I feel nervous about making it about me. And she wanted to know if she should emcee. And I said, I think that's a big task. You don't want to emcee your own wedding. No. But if you feel that you have things to say, say them. Like, yeah. I, who's going to begrudge you? Exactly. Surely. Uh, I, that is interesting. I So usually, traditionally, the, the, the bride, it's, it's a ceremony that's largely historically about her. her. Yeah. And therefore, she kind of watches the everything unfold with some kind of like wry detachment. It's like weird. Like the queen watching a Jubilee concert. <laughs> She's like, where am I? Yeah. What am I doing here? Uh, but, but also if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. There are, I've, I went to a wedding last year where some guy was so convinced of his, of his own charisma oh. and, erudition and just value in his thoughts that he insisted on speaking. He insisted. Now, what happened was that the bride comes from Swiss stock and there were some um, family members who didn't speak English. Great. So everything was interpreted and it, it, it was all going great. So this guy who's just thinks that he his voice must be heard mm. – um, starts talking and he talked for uh, four four minutes maybe. He, then he stopped uh, and he stopped f- to give the interpreter a chance <gasps> to relay everything that he said. Now, this guy had talked a lot and said literally nothing. So he when he stopped and asked the interpreter to do what she had to do, the interpreter said like, blah, 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 blah in Swiss. <laughs> And then said, I'm done. And <laughs> and what she what we later learned is she'd said he said nothing. He's an idiot. Mm. What an idiot. So don't get don't confuse a length of a speech with its value. Mm. You know, like a lot of people's favorite qu- quotes are just that. They're quotes. They're a they're a line. If if the bride gets up and speaks for sixty seconds, but it's a heartfelt thank you to everyone for coming and you know, it's not just perfunctory. Yep. That is more meaningful than 10 minutes of meandering, you know, self-indulgence. Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, this, this guy is like my poster boy for what not to do. We should find a video and oh. get that up because I could happily spread that for everyone. We won't be mean, but, you know, good example, DB. It was so funny. It was so funny. He embarrassed himself so much. <laughs> um, you've been a pleasure. Oh, is it over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I have been. Maybe you come back again. Yeah, great. We've got to keep it tight and bright. People have got to commute. I know, they've got stuff to to do, exactly. They don't want us in their ears all day. Yeah. I mean, and talking about (laughs) self-indulgence. Do you have any more weddings on the horizon? None. Fine. Me neither. But, I mean, if anyone wants to, Dan is available. Mm. I'll happily talk through. This is what people do. Also, yeah, don't take it all on yourself. Ask for help. Yes. In any facet. Yeah. I'm big saying, 
I said this with planning, with with people, with families. People think they're heroes by doing everything themselves, mm. whether that's the bride, the groom, the bridesmaids, the groomsmen, to go, for God's sake, you, you're supposed to be in a supportive environment. Yeah, and it might be embarrassing relaying a speech to somebody and asking for feedback, but it's... Try it's, working on an hour stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's valuable and it's it might be embarrassing mm. workshopping some things with someone and they fail, but if you trust the person with their feedback and they're there, use them. And that's the thing. If you know it's not, if it's bombing or something's not working, you've got time to fix it. Yeah. You're not fixing it on the night or it going really badly. Yeah, exactly. But good luck, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a really positive end to go, uh, if you feel silence, we've all had gigs. We've all had gigs with the silence. You just power on. But also, mm. if you've got something funny, let them enjoy the laugh. Yeah. And then ultimately, it's not about you. It's all about them. So, yes. Yes. So you can't, even if it's silence, it's as long as you bring it back to the bride and groom and what a special day it is for them, you cannot go wrong. Do cheese, move mm, on, yeah. have a good night. Exactly. And don't drink too much beforehand. Oh, I've made that mistake. I know you have. <laughs> but listen, you didn't at our wedding, so no. thank you. But I think it is good to keep it sort of semi-sober. Happy sober. That's right. It's it's you're a part of... The party's for everybody else, and you can celebrate after. Yep. Don't be like, oh, I want to tell you something about yeah. Because that is sad. I was tragic. You don't, you don't want to go viral. Oh, my God. For the wrong reasons. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Drunkest guy ever. Hey, Daniel Burt, thanks very much. I'm thanks, sorry Star. about you breaking your ankle. No, it was an honour to hear the snap in your presence. <gasps> and the, look, we did spend the evening at the emergency place, the mm. hospital it's called, and uh, I feel like the with us there, and this is really on myself, I'm going to say this, but we were a pleasant people. We were a pleasant sort of... I think experience for the doctors. A bit of light relief <laughs> in between the stabbings and it's like the guy when we, we sat in the room and we would you know, Rich was sort of dicking around and you and I were like, well, this is a weird end to the day. But I feel like he enjoyed our company. And I enjoyed his. Yeah, me too. He was a great doctor. Yeah, Hobart Hospital. The, is, the Royal. It, the Royal is uh it should be a tourist attraction. <laughs> Hey, if you have a question, if you have a comment, a theme, you've been sending me wonderful theme-based uh, suggestions, and gee whiz, it's helpful. It really takes the heat off me, and I get to know what you want to listen to. So if you have something you would like me to cover uh, and answer, visit savethedatepodcast.com. You'll see a little window, not a window, a menu at the top of the uh, screen. Hit connect, contact, write the email. I'll get it. I'll do what you ask me to do. I'm here to help. If you would like to review the show, what do you have to do? Go to iTunes, leave a review, or even rate the uh, the show. Very much appreciated. Write something nice. No abuse, thanks. And also, uh, if you want to buy a Bride Chiller t-shirt or tote, you can do that also. They're available also via the uh, website. Good one. Have a fabulous week. Hope you're enjoying your wedding planning. Until next time, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.